welcome to I'm Not Dead Yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. Welcome to the I'm Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your co-host, Travis Robinson. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at age 35 in 2014. And I'm your other co-host, Judy Yaris. My husband, Sandy, had Parkinson's disease for 18 years. I was his care partner. In today's episode, we're taking a look at some of the choices that you might make when it comes to new treatment options and what that could entail for you. Hello, Judy. How are you doing? Hi, Travis. I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm all right. I was wanting to discuss this philosophy that I had. I am always sort of a devil-you-don't-know kind of person. (laughs) Yes, I think so. (laughs) Yes. And I will give a little backstory to what I mean by that. I was talking on the show a few weeks ago about a new medication I was trying out. And I had said that it didn't work for me. But in talking with my Neurologist who is a movement disorder specialist. We agreed to try it at a new dosage. And so it, by and large, has been helpful. But it's not without its problems. But at least it isn't the same problems that I was having. So it's like an unknown devil that I'm getting into bed with. (laughs) But at least it's not the same old devil that I know. (laughs) I always love the way you describe these things. You know, Travis, you're bringing up such a great point because we know that there are side effects from medications. And if anyone heard that episode where you were barely getting words out and you were struggling through it, I mean, it was hard for me as a co-host to watch you have to go through it, but I know you wanted to power through it and let people know that sometimes this is just what happens and it sucks, but you're going to get through it. And here you are today sounding really good. And I think it makes it, um, it's empowering to know that you could do that. It really is. And I think that people don't quite understand that, yes, all the medication 
has some side effect, no matter what you take, whether it's for PD or you're taking an antacid for, you know, for eating too much and having gas or whatever it might be, you know, everything has some type of side effect. And even from herbs, you know, people go, oh, well, I just want to do it naturally. Herbs can have the same kind of side effects. People can be allergic to something. I know someone that is totally allergic to chamomile and you're going, oh, that's such a casual, easy thing to take. But the reality is you have to look at the risk factor. And I think this is where your devil is. Your devil is risk of what it's going to do to you and how it's going to make you feel. Yes, and it is worth examining for me that like so when we recorded that very difficult episode i was on the old medication so that was the devil i did know and this is a new medication so it is worth the experiment it's it's worth trying it out and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't right but I have found that in order for me to keep moving forward, I've got to be willing to try new things. It's part of it. You know, that was Sandy's philosophy, not only with his PD, but with his heart disease. He was in many clinical trials and tried different things. And and different studies. And it was just worth it to him to see because maybe it would help. And maybe if it doesn't help him, maybe it would help someone else. Somebody, they could learn from his experience. Right, exactly. And it's something that I think a lot of PD folks, they get stuck in this, well, at least I know what I'm dealing with mentality, which for me is not acceptable. So let me give you a little understanding of what specifically I mean. The way my PD is manifested for the last year or so is I am generally okay moving around and all hunky-dory until dystonic posturing comes on that I think of as like a lock-up. It is half my body or more, seizes up in these very uncomfortable muscle spasms. And I am stuck like the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz without any oil, barely able to even talk. And those episodes were happening more and more frequently, and that became 
almost unbearable. And I want to add here too, Travis, so people understand, you also have had deep brain stimulation. So they need to know that that's another factor here as well. Yes. So that you people think that if you do DBS, you don't have to ha- take medication again, but you still do need medication. Yes, and that has been invaluable to me as something that I can go to my neurologist and tune as a way to minimize these lockups that I keep having. But eventually, he tuned it about as far as it was tunable. So I tried tweaking my medication, which I've been on the same dose of the same drug for well over a year. So it was a very big shift for me. And not easy when you make a shift like that. No, it's certainly not. But fortunately, for the last two or three days, I've been almost lock-up free, which is very good. That's fantastic, Travis. I'm really happy to hear that. Because I know how frustrating that has to be for you. Yes. And when it does come along, it can be very disabling. Yes. And I want to say, too, that for Sarah, your partner, it's very difficult for her as well. And this is what happens as a care partner is that you start looking at this and going, oh no, like, is this it? Is this, and and I'm sure you probably do the same thing, but I know as a care partner, you just, it goes through your mind. Okay. Is this where we are now? Is this going to be the new normal? Are we going to be like this forever? And how am I, what do I need to do now rather than how am I, what do I need to do to shift my thinking? So I'm able to help, to be more of assistance to you and to help you more. Yes, and I saw that written on her face Mm -hmm. last night when I locked up so badly I could not even put myself to bed. Right. But as I was able to mouth to her, this too shall pass. And this is, Travis, where you are unique and strong in this place. And I I think that, I hope that our listeners, if you don't get anything else from this podcast, I hope that the one takeaway for you is that you can get through it. And Travis is a great example of this, that no matter how bad it gets, and believe me, it's been bad for him, he knows that it's not permanent and that he'll get through it. And even if it lasts a couple of days, I mean, he just knows instinctively that it's going to change. And hopefully it's going to change for the better, but you don't always know that going into it. You sometimes go down a dark rabbit hole and go, wait a minute, this is not getting better. 
but I, I think that you have a way of allowing yourself permission to just kind of sit in the suckiness of the moment and then be willing to say, okay, this is not going to take me down. Yes, it is as they say in the climbing community, embracing the suck. Yeah, I love that. Embracing the suck. This is great. I think I have a new catchphrase. (laughs) Yes, because there's an aspect of climbing that just plain sucks. You know, it's cold and you're tired and hungry and thirsty, hypoxic, and you just have to wonder, what the hell am I doing here? (laughs) Right. And you just have to embrace that suck if you want to carry on and climb a mountain. I guess so. And and we have said in this podcast as well that having PD is not that different than climbing a mountain. I mean, you happen to climb mountains right. with PD, but it is like climbing a mountain. You have obstacles you have you're affected by the weather you're affected by dehydration you're affected by your medication which you might not necessarily have on a, a climb but you have so many factors that come into play when you're mountain climbing and with PD you have many of the same factors Yes, and it is also the running game of risk analysis. Like, is it safe to climb now? Is a analysis of weather, terrain, team, and all those other factors that are changing hour by hour, minute by minute. Such as with PD, you have to say, am I okay to walk over there or do I need support? Is it safe for me to eat my breakfast cereal or will I choke? Every single thing that I do From the minute I wake up in the morning and go to the toilet until I go to bed at night, I have to evaluate, am I okay to do this thing? That's, it's so much. It's so much for you to have to focus on. And it does take a lot out of you to do that. And I don't think that's what people realize when, and I think we've even talked about this before, that sometimes our friends don't know how difficult it really is when you have PD, that your brain is constantly assessing throughout the day what you can and cannot do. Yes, and it is something that, like we've talked about, changes minute by minute. Mm -hmm. I mean, just because I am not comfortable 
juggling chainsaws. One hour does not mean that I can juggle them the next hour. Well, I would not want to watch that because that's a scary picture to me. I That would be one where I'd be covering my eyes and just have a little opening with my fingers to see if you were surviving or not. But I, I think it's probably safe to say that PD can be like that. I, I, I think for many people, that's their day. And we want to make sure that you understand it's not always, it's not all the time, but there are moments when you just feel defeated, you know? And, and Yes, when the chainsaws are just too heavy to juggle. Right. And and it's normal to feel that way. And it's okay to feel that way. I think that's the other thing is people maybe need permission to know that it's okay to feel terrible. It's okay to stay in bed longer if you need to stay in bed longer. It's all those things. Just know that if you're going to stay in bed a little bit longer, you'll probably be stiffer when you get up if you haven't had any medication. So there's sort of a catch-22 there. Yes, and Everything is a trade-off, just like in the rest of your life. Yes, that's exactly right. It is a trade-off in everything we do, whether you have PD or not. It's just that we don't think about it. People without PD don't think about it. Care partners think about those things more frequently than other folks. And the reason they do is because they're watching someone who is going through all of this and thinking about it. And you're spending your day wondering, okay, if I make pancakes, because he really likes pancakes, (laughs) is he going to be able to swallow that pancake or am I going to end up pureeing that pancake? (laughs) And then he's going to feel really sad that he doesn't get his pancake the way he really likes it. It'll taste similar, but it's just the consistency and the whole experience is going to be really different. And I mean, I think as the care partner, I just really remember having those moments of just wondering, what is this day going to bring? You know? Yes. (laughs) That is something that I think is very reasonable to wonder. You know, once you've been around the block a minute with this damn disease, you know that nothing is guaranteed. Right. But nothing will last forever either. And that this too shall pass. I think it is essential that we keep in mind both the good times and the difficult times will pass. I think so. I mean, I I think that we always take a look at, you know, where we are at the moment and try to, at least for myself, I'm trying to stay in my moment now and live live in the moment and not think ahead and not think so much about the past. But it is hard to do that. And it's hard to believe if we're having a rotten day 
that this is our moment and this is what we're, we're dealt with for the day. Like, is this really what we have to do all day long? Right. But that is the point that I think our guest Garth was talking about when he said, don't get hung up on trying to go backwards in time. But think from this point forward, meaning where we are right now, how can I improve? That is the mindset that I find to be most helpful. Right, because if we keep going back, I I think you... You can't achieve those things. You know, it's like I look in the mirror and go, oh, well, maybe inside I feel like I could still be 40. But then I look at the outside and go, yeah, this is not a 40-year-old face anymore. Let's face it. But it's okay. You know, I've got to accept that. And that's part of it. You know, I think it's just part of we have to learn to accept certain things every day. And and I also just want to say that and in the support groups, we sometimes talk about this, about gratitude, you know, like be grateful that you are able to say to yourself, okay, this is not fun today. <laughs> this sucks. I'm hating life. But you know what? In two hours, I might not be. And when that medication kicks in again, I'll probably be better. And and hopefully that's going to be the way it's going to be. And we just have to keep focusing on that and, and look at where we can build from rather than going back to. Yes, exactly. Okay, Judy, why don't you tell us what's going on at PCLA this month? Well, May has been a really busy month for us. Even April was the busiest with Living Artistically. But May has actually been great. We have some wonderful programming. We just finished one with Dr. Zanos Mason, who I thought was wonderful. He was an amazing speaker and did a lot on, he talked about DBS and gave a great background on PD. I thought he was a terrific speaker and that's going to be up on our YouTube channel um, later in the month. You'll be able to access that lecture. It was wonderful. And then next Thursday, um, we have Dr. Bronstein speaking this coming Thursday. And he is the head of UCLA's neuroscience program. He actually has a new title, I think, um, because he is runs all the research over there. And he is wonderful and an amazing speaker and usually just takes questions and answers as he goes. And it, it's a great opportunity to hear a lot about what is new with Parkinson's treatment and medications for uh, 2021. So he will give us a great overview of that. And that's Thursday at 11 o'clock. And you do have to register for that. You can find it on our PCLA.org website or on Facebook um, they, or Instagram. I think there's also some posts there where you can register. But that's what we're doing in May. And every month now in June, we have more speakers. So we're trying to really up the programming. We've increased our um, support groups. We have weekly support groups. And we're actually getting ready to launch um, a bereavement group starting in July. 
which we thought would be very helpful for some of our community. And we do have a Spanish-speaking group now, which is wonderful. And I think we're, we're just trying to reach out to the PD community. And one of the things we're focusing on starting in June now is we're, we're looking at diversity and what diversity means to you, our community. So I think that's a real important part of PCLA. So stay tuned for that one. Before we go, though, Travis, I've had people ask me how you're doing with your smell experiment, and I'm curious myself. <laughs> okay. So I have been able to restore my sense of smell at least partially, and that has enabled me to get more nuanced sense of taste. However, I've made an appointment with a scent specialist at USC to get further insight into what scent recovery for those of us with Parkinson's will be so. Stay tuned for more. Wow, that is amazing. I'm so excited to hear this. This is fantastic. I'm really looking forward to get more info on this one. Yeah. And remember, folks, you heard it here first. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Show at indypodcast.net. Let us know. If you've tried the sniff experiment and what your results are. Yes, we're very excited about it and hoping to get more info on it. And I'm waiting for the follow-up visit with from this doctor. We'll talk about it next time. Yes. Okay, Judy. Okay, Travis. Thank you. Thanks to Spencer Yaris, our sound editor. Thank you. That's a wrap. Bing.